because it's not for us because we're recording this on the 16th of December. <laughs> but this, I'm introducing a very, very special episode of the Red Dwarf Intercrest, where we're actually re- reviewing an episode of the classic, well, in my eyes anyway, the classic television program, Bottom. My name is Shane. I guess I'm Angela. I'm Heath. And I think I'm Russ. Hello again, Russ. <laughs> Hello again. And Paul oh, has, again, those pesky, pesky space mumps. Yeah, yeah we... sadly, Paul had a prior engagement and couldn't make it to the Christmas party. Mm. <laughs> well, he will get no cakes. There'll be no cakes today. No. <laughs> tomorrow. Always tomorrow, but never today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, you know, we agreed that uh, people would vote on different shows that Red Dwarf people were on, and we would uh, do a review of whatever they voted on. And they voted for this. Really, yeah. guys? Really? Really? Oh. Really? Well, it's very British, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. You know what? That's exactly the... Um, uh, just a disclaimer right here. You know, when we uh, when Angela gave the famous 2 of 10, although it was actually a 3 of 10 if you go back and check the tape. Um, <laughs> but when she gave her infamous 2 of 10 to, um, to backwards... Paul tried to play the British card, the American card, yeah. saying that, you know, we just didn't get it because we're American. And I said, no, yeah, you can't play that card, because I don't think that that was the problem with that we had with that particular episode. If you want to play the American card here, go right ahead, yep. because I think, unlike Red Dwarf, um, the humor of Bottom, I think, is much more culturally dependent. And I think a lot of it we sort of missed for that reason, and a lot of it we missed just, you know, as a matter of um, the sort of humor that's in vogue uh, in different places and different times, you know. So it it really didn't translate well for us, guys. And I don't want to spend an hour bashing something that people are obviously a fan of, but let's, I just want to preface it that way and say that some things that obviously work for a lot of people don't really translate well for us. And not even just the references. And there were plenty of references we just did not get. They just went straight over our heads. But the the, the whole humor thing, that violent, nihilistic black humor just doesn't really it isn't really prevalent in America. Like even when they brought over The Office you know, from the Ricky Gervais show to the show that has been running for seasons and seasons and seasons and is on its last season, then they had to back off of some of the harsh humor. It The mean-spiritedness just didn't work for Americans. And I'm sort of fully entrenched in that. <laughs> yeah. Still, let's get into the episode and see, because I think there were some cool things about it. Uh, if it didn't, you know, if not everything worked for us. So, Shane, take it away. <laughs> Eddie and Richie steal a war veteran's wooden leg to bet on a horse. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and that's it. it. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and then something mutated and there was some time travel. And, uh, but, no, no, no. No, not Red Dwarf. No. I usually have a paragraph or so to read for a synopsis. Now I've got one sentence. Well, that, that's all that really happened. I mean, it was mostly standing yeah. in a room doing gags mm-hmm. and trying Which to rip work. some guy's leg off. Oh, yeah, that was hard. Gah! Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Rick, Rick Mayo, yeah. um... We, I actually recognized him, uh, not from any British television, because uh, I've never, I don't think, seen him in that sense. Really? But I have seen the film Drop Dead Fred. Oh, really? Because he mm. was, because uh, I know you're a big fan of um, Blackadder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, who was he in Blackadder? Uh, he plays Flash. In what, what series, series? Was that? Uh, Blackadder goes forth, and Blackadder <laughs> too. That's oh right, yeah. yeah. <gasps> okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. yep. I'm remembering this now. Good call. 
I did not recognize him from that, but I did recognize him from Drop Dead Fred. Mm. It's been a while that, since we've watched Black Hatter. It has, yeah. We, we, we're due for a rewatch. Definitely um, the Christmas Carol episode of Black Adder, mm. which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, his just sort of uh, very fast-paced, uh, z- zany, pun-filled humor. Um, and and especially, you know, in this context in which it was mainly, I guess what you would call sort of, you know, um, I, I don't want to use the term lowbrow as, as a der- derogative, mm. but uh, everything referencing... Uh, being very, um, what am I trying to say there, sweetie? Um, well, uh. That the humor was embedded in, in his particular, uh, uh, station in life. Mm. That it was very, you know, this, uh, yeah. he's miserable because he's, you know, poor and, uh, desperate and lonely. And just very, uh, very based on, on that. It's, the closest thing that I can think of here would be, like, married with children. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you guys ever watch The Young Ones? No. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, um, yeah the 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 American show uh, Married with Children, very very lower class, and you know very much entrenched in that sort of these people are trashy type of humor, but but then not really you know deriding it but sort of glorying in it, you know? Maybe. Well, I, I guess not. Um, <laughs> cricket chirps. <laughs> I, can see what, I can see definitely what you're saying, because to be honest with you, I've never actually watched Married with Children myself. Right, right. So... Yeah. No. Another thing that it reminded me of was uh, Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and there's yeah, especially with with the the physical slapstick. Yeah, I would definitely uh, definitely agree with you on that one. And it also had shades of uh, well, and this is funny because based on a British show, the American show Sanford and Son mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. about a, a guy who works at a salvage yard with his son, always trying to come up with a get rich quick scheme. They always fail. Mm-hmm. Based on Step yeah. and Son. Mm-hmm. Um, which blew so our minds there. when we found that out. Yeah, we had no idea Sanford and Son was an adaptation. <laughs> okay. Well, it was so much entrenched in American culture and, you know, and very much about African Americans mm-hmm. and entrenched in that culture that, you know, when we found out it was based on a British show, we were like, what? What? <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen the British version? Well, we watched, we watched the... an episode, yeah, yeah. On, on the YouTube just to just to see, and we were like, "Wow, yeah, it really." Mm-hmm. And you know, it's different because, again, you know, it's it's talking about a different culture. It's talking about it's d- talking about the challenges that come with poverty and trying to get ahead when society's not built to let you get ahead. Mm-hmm. But two very different experiences, I think, as far as mm. uh, the culture. So it was. It was a little surreal. Uh, Bottom is actually known in Spain as the Paragi la Boussière. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Spanish, guys. I'm not Spanish, but uh, Lucy translated it actually stands for the trash couple. Mm. Ah, well, there you go. That totally makes sense. Yep. Oh, one thing that Heath actually. Um, uh, noticed uh, the barmaid mm-hmm. was Safi from Absolutely Safi. Fabulous. Yeah, that, yeah, G- uh, Julia Swaha. 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 Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Which I am a huge fan of Abfab. Mm. Love Jennifer Saunders. It's not the only. Co- it's, it's not the only connection uh, the show's got to Absolutely Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Aid Edmondson. The mm-hmm. person who plays um, Eddie, Eddie is actually married to Jennifer Saunders. And Jennifer Saunders' characters in Abfab's name is Eddie. Weird. I know. It's it's like Kevin Bacon, except not. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, it it just feels like for these British sitcoms, then all everyone knows each other, and everyone works on each other's work, and so like there's all these connections going all around, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here it's like you know somebody has a show on one network, and suddenly they're banned from ever having contact with people on shows on opposing networks yeah and there it's it's all the bbc mm-hmm. even when it's not quite the bbc <laughs> so yeah cause, well there are certain things called golden handcuff deals over here in the uk mm. where I did not some know. people are um, people are banned um from <clears throat> appearing on other networks you're oh. you know wow. you're handcuffed and and there were other programs, and I believe Paul O'Grady is one, where he Paul O'Grady did a chat show over here, which was on Channel Four, but they used BBC Television Studios. Hmm. Hmm. So that's a case of rival networks working together. Yeah. I wanted to know more about the the mom in there the only other female character <laughs> in the show is is she like a regular or was it just that episode that no, she was it's just in? that episode really i wanted mm. i wanted a show about her and her son and their <laughs> attempts at <laughs> at staging crimes to <laughs> gain money from <laughs> from lineups that was amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, she she was a hoot. I should say this episode at the bottom actually has the most calf seen in one single episode. Hmm. The most uh, cast. Oh. Uh, there's an episode in the third s- uh, season called, I believe, it's called Hole. Where it's literally just the two of them, and it is a thirty-minute. It's almost like a stage play. I can see that. Yeah, what I I, I did a little bit of research mm, here okay. because we were trying to figure out how to understand this show, mm. and we didn't have and to worry about spoilers. That's yes. true. <laughs> and, and Angela was saying, you know, maybe it's it's like a postmodern absurdist thing with all the dark humor. And then I saw, oh yeah, these these two actors were together and waiting for Godot. Mm-hmm. And decided to make a darker <laughs> show out of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and yeah, so I can definitely see where just the two of them playing off each other would be the heart of, of the comedy of the show. But, I mean, it it's, yeah, just here, just sort of suddenly, without any context or anything, being really kind of dark and violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lots of, of sort of, you know, uh, lowbrow mm-hmm. sexual humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, small penis jokes throughout, gay um, jokes as well as his yeah, and his yeah gay jokes and his bumbling attempts to to hit on the barmaid. Um, it was all just sort of like ah, what are we, you know, what what are we watching here? What what is the the culture that they're making fun of here? But who who are they sending up? And so it was, it was a little hard I think for us to, to to fully be in, inducted in, into the joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know I. I sort of, once I figured out that it was based on this absurdist theater tradition, or at least borrowing heavily from it, then I could have an intellectual appreciation of it. That doesn't mean I like it, you know? Mm. (laughs) It it was a bit violent and mean-spirited for my own taste. Can I ask do you do you like Laura and Hardy? Um um <laughs> <laughs> Again, but yeah, it's it's huh? that sort of dated yeah. humor, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you you're like yeah, they did some groundbreaking comedy stuff back in the day. It's not really what's in vogue nowadays or or what it's almost like when you watch like old 50, 40s and 50s movies mm-hmm. and the joke is that there's a drunk guy and he's driving and running all over the road. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Now it's like, he's going to kill someone. This is the most horrible thing I've ever yeah. seen. This is a horror movie, <laughs> not a comedy. <laughs> you know, it, it sort of changes over time. And so 
and and not you know but what's funny in one context can be really off-putting in another and same with three stooges you know i i like a good three stooges thing every now and again angela just thinks people punching each other and poking their eyes out is is horrific and she hates it i'm a bit more of a marx brothers type person myself and and that's the thing I think I like my British humor most when they're making fun of pretentious people. And that was sort of the Marx Brothers shtick a lot of times. You know, they're running a country suddenly. They're making mm. fun of pretentious people. Uh, the Night at the Opera. Pretentious people again. Uh, so, you know, the shows I end up watching, absolutely fabulous, Blackadder, mm. um, uh, Keeping Up Appearances which I need to get back to. I started watching and stopped. Um, They're all about, you know, making fun of pretension. And I love it. There was no pretension in this. And even even where AbFab is all about making fun of trashy people, it's making fun of trashy society people who, Mm. you know, um, instead of, you know, sort of poking fun at, you know, folks on the dole, uh, as it were. Uh, which is which is what we're getting here. Mm. So I don't know mm-hmm. what the disconnect is, but something didn't quite translate, and I hate that it didn't. One thing I did like is the extended joke where he was trying to keep up the pretense that he was a war vet, mm. yeah, and had absolutely yeah. no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what I ever, what actually, what I love about that is. Um, almost right at the start of that particular sh- um, shebang, you you got Eddie talking about the w- trying to be a war vet, and you've just got mm-hmm. Robert the Wellen's facials behind. So, what? Yeah. yeah. You know, we could barely recognize Robert Llewellyn yeah. uh, after mainly, mainly seeing him as Crichton. I think we've seen him in one episode of Red Dwarf without the makeup. Mm-hmm. Still had the crazy hair. Yeah. Still had the crazy, crazy hair, though. Well, he did back then, but we won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) So, walk us through it, Shane. Um. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The episode. (laughs) Ha! It's your turn. I'm not going to say anything. The episode begins with Richie and Eddie acting as volunteers in an identity parade. The suited, uh, they are accompanied by an ununiformed police officer, which mi- Richie mistakes, mistakes for the criminal. It turns out to be a me- the member of the CID Chief Inspector Grobbler. Uh, Grobbler was actually a named after the then Liverpool goalkeeper Bruce Grobbler. The suspects are brought in. That's Eddie's friends, Bug Gun and David, David the Hedgehog. Bug Gun. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I love the names. Yeah, Bug Gun's mother, Mrs. Potato, <laughs> enters the room and identifies awesome. him as stealing a handbag to take to cross rutting party. Chief Inspector Grobbler orders one of the officers to take her outside and give her a good rubbing. Yeah. Well, that, that <laughs> bring, brings up an interesting point. Uh, I don't think in American comedy I ever see women uh, being physically assaulted. Yeah, we we don't yeah. we don't uh, partake in the lady punching quite as much. <laughs> <laughs> no, we like it over here. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. I, th- I think I'll stay over here then. <laughs> really? Okay. Um. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, next, we see Richie and Eddie entering the local pub, the Lamb and Flag, where they order drinks with their earnings from, a, from the identity parade and notice to the new barmaid. The two pretend to be health and safety officers to, in order to get free food and drinks. Spudgun, David the Hedgehog, and Miss Potato are also posing as health and safety officers and are planning their next identity parade that afternoon. Richie tried to... How, how much did they end up drinking, did they say there at the end? 
Uh, 2,000 quid? Yeah, two, yeah. <laughs> for, for five people, that's quite a lot. <laughs> that works like, I think, to about $3,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I, I forgot, I have notes here. I'm sorry, I've been uh, ignoring them. Yeah, my first note is, holy crap, it's drop-dead fresh. <laughs> oh, boy, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Uh, my next note is that's obviously the police captain, and of course I was wrong because that's an American term. It was yeah. the chief inspector. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I have take her round the back and give her a good drubbing question mark <laughs> 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 because police violence is hilarious. Oh, you've never been to New York then? <laughs> yeah, we have not actually. Uh, okay. And then, yeah, oh, when they're ordering food... Okay, this actually may have enlightened me something okay. about a joke that I missed in the Harry Potter books. That's right, Jay. I'm mentioning Harry Potter. Deal with it. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. No, uh, okay, I... Okay, I'm familiar with pasties. Yeah. But I didn't realize that Cornish pasties was a thing. Yeah. So, that is that why there were Cornish pixies? On the Harry Potter books? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, uh, I am. I mean, quite... obviously, uh, pixies are a thing, but yeah, specifically Cornish pixies may have been just a nice little verbal cue to, as a pun on Cornish pasties. I'm quite rusty when it comes to my Harry Potter. I have to be honest with you. What? Uh, what are Cornish pasties? Yes, but yeah. What? What sort of pasty is a Cornish pasty? What's in them? It's pastry filled with dead animal gravy and vegetables. Okay, I mean, but that's so it's sort I thought, of I like thought a that was pretty much the pie. universal. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Don't okay. me to okay. the pasty is reson- recognised as a national dish of Cornwall. Following oh. a nine, following a n- oh yeah, uh, following a nine-year campaign by the. Cornish Pasture Association, the trade organ- organization of about 50 pasture makers based in Cornwall, the name Cornish Pasty, which awarded the protect- protected geographical ind- indication or PGI status by the European Commission on the 20th of July 2011. Okay. According to the PGI status, a Cornish Pasty should be shaped like a D and crimped on one side, not on a loop. Mm-hmm. It's ingredient. Okay. It's in- Ingredients should include uncooked beef, swede, also called turnip in Cornwall, potato and onion, with a light season of salt and pepper, keeping a chunk, keeping a chunky ch- texture. The, okay. the pastry should be golden and retain its shape when cooked and cooled. You know, sweetie, I'm looking at a picture and it looks like fried pies. Yeah, I mean, I, I I knew what a pasty was. I just didn't realize that they were very that they were so specifically associated with uh, with Cornwall and mm. that Cornish pasties were a thing. Yeah. Mm. So okay, uh, that makes sense. The, one final point: the PGI status also means that the Cornish pasty must be prepared in Cornwall. They do not have to be baked in Cornwall, or nor do the ingredients have to come from the county. Wow. Hmm. So I bet right there on the border, there's like. People who do nothing but put together pasties to be cooked <laughs> right across the border. Boy, <laughs> And pasties have been mentioned in literature since the 12th century. Mm. Woot. Like, it's about... Um, they made 87 million pasties in 2008, accounting to sales wow. of 60 million... So, yeah, 60 million pounds, about 6% of the food economy of Cornwall. That's awesome. <laughs> so, okay. On our next episode of Pastycast, we <laughs> okay. So if they're that big a deal, it's a fair bet that Rowling was making just a little wink joke there when she specified in book two about the Cornish pixies. Mm. Possibly. So, alrighty. Also, I spotted a bottle of Jameson's Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Yeah. So yeah. The bar scene mm. where we barely recognize Robert Llewellyn. Yeah. When he hits on the barmaid, uh, he says, "Do you use Timote in her hair? What's what's Timote? Timote is a shampoo. Ah. Hmm. 
it's well known for its advertising with a woman who washes her hair in a waterfall. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Okay. So it's sort of like the infamous um, uh, ads for um, oh, what was it? Herbal essences. Herbal essences. Mm. Yes. Yes. Oh, we where, have the same they... sort of thing over here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, and again, I think this is where some of the humor flew by us because we haven't seen Timote commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, page three, girl. In what publication? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Now, the, uh, here, I believe, if uh, or at least it did at one point, the National Enquirer, which is sort of a... Uh, a rag that has stories ranging from, you know, um, Bat Boy escapes, uh, Mary's Bigfoot, um, to, you know, celebrity gossip and, and you know, paparazzi and whatnot. Um, it has, is it page three or page five, anyway? There's always a woman in a bathing suit on one of the early pages. Mm. Um, so I, I'm assuming it was a similar thing to a popular rag yeah. there. Um, page three is, you'll find it in the tabloid um, newspaper. Uh, the Sun, which is also made by News International. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, the page three girl is a topless woman who always features ah. on page three. Wow. Yes. Well, there you go. Yes. I don't We're getting lots I don't, and lots of <laughs> new I don't particularly read that rag myself, but... It is one of the most popular newspapers here in the UK. With newspaper in quote marks. Yes. <laughs> what we like to call scare quotes. Mm, yes. Okay. Okay. And then a drunk fellow wanders in a tight mouth. Larry. Tim? Yeah. Larry, Larry. Yeah, there stay, we go. yeah I, I can continue. Uh, the toilet door bursts open, and tight mouth Larry, the local bookie, staggers drunkenly into the bar and collapses, vomiting all over the floor. The Falkland veteran. Lovely. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Falkland veteran begins questioning Richie and shows him his service medal. Richie is shocked and doesn't know what to say. The veteran shows Richie he's lost his leg in the war and now he has a false leg made of carved wood. He ca- carries on questioning Richie and works out who he's lying about being in the Falklands War. Richie shows his repentance scar, but this doesn't imp- impress the veteran who beats Richie up. No, he he figured out that Richie was lying? What? I know, it's surprising, isn't it, really? <laughs> I don't know how he did it. He must be a genius. He's a, no. he's a psychic. He has an IQ of 12,000, that one. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. But, yeah, it was... Uh, that's uh, Robert Wellens scene. Um, as you said, you didn't recognise him. I don't think well, you could first. get... I don't think you could get two characters completely different mm-hmm. than Crichton and the war veteran. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, if I didn't know that Robert Llewellyn was in this episode, I don't think I would have noticed right off that that was Robert Llewellyn at all. Especially, you know, the very different accent compared to his put-on faux-Canadian Crichton accent. Well, sir, I believe you will find that I have my service medal right here. (laughs) (laughs) There are many advantages to a mechanical leg. If you turn the knee, it picks up radio signals. Toph Mouth Larry then wakes up and then tells the entire pub that horse, Sad Ken, is certain to win despite having 100 to 1 odds. He tells, he tells everyone this is a secret and to forget about it. Larry then leaves the pub. And everyone My starts favorite. conning everything. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty. I guess my favorite scenes in this whole episode were um, there when he was trying to yeah persuade uh, her that he was a veteran, mm. or and then persuade um, Robert Llewellyn that he yeah. was a veteran. Uh, that there were some good gags there, and then 
the the commentary on the race with Sag Kim. Mm. Yes, I got a good chuckle out of that. Yeah, it's, I've got a few. I've so got a few surprising. quotes. <laughs> I got a few quotes from that, so I'll leave them till later. Yes. Yeah, and, and I love when he was trying to keep up his um, uh, whole lie about being in the war, but mm. he completely forgets about the barmaid. I know. Like, she is no longer a character. <laughs> Until suddenly, oh yeah, there's barmaid there that he's trying to impress. Isn't it always the way? Mm. <laughs> I can tell you one thing, I wouldn't have forgotten about her myself, but then again, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> she is quite lovely. Remember guys, I am single after last week's episode. Uh, <laughs> So if, any, so if there's any lovely ladies out there who want any mail in, please do. <laughs> As I flash my eyes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that I thought, and that maybe made the humor a little hard to follow, was like, um, Richie and Eddie, yeah. um, they bounce back and forth between being idiots and being really clever with the puns. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it, and for one joke, one will be the clueless one, and one will be the witty one, and then they'll flip right around, and the other one is an idiot, and then the other one is making the, the brilliant puns. Um, I, I found it hard to get a sense of their characters. I mean, I guess usually there's, well, you, you mentioned Laurel and Hardy. Usually there's, you know, the straight guy and the funny mm. guy, or the clever one, and then the, the idiot lackey. Mm. Yeah. I guess in general... Eddie was the lackey, but sometimes, especially when he was avoiding getting the crap beat out of him, he was the brilliant one. Mm-hmm. Um, Basic, I, I found it hard to follow. So, so basically, you can uh, take the characters down to just two points, really. Uh, Richie is a clumsy, pompous dimwit who t- attempts to make himself acted, being much higher in his social status than he actually is, mm-hmm. and is both deranged and desperate, as well as being obsess- obsessed with sex. Mm-hmm. Eddie, on the other hand, is a cheerfully violent drunkard who spends his time getting drunk and wasting the dough money and secretly steals Richard's family, the Richard family heirloom, but occasionally has moments of demented genius. So they're mm. sort of Rimmer and Lester, kind of. But less well defined. Yeah, me. at least not. And this, is, this, this is viewing one episode. Mm. One episode in, out of context, in the middle yeah. of the series. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, I, yeah, I found it hard to to understand who the characters were when they kept switching yeah. roles a little. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing you wouldn't get is um, the two actors have essentially been doing the same characters for twenty years pre previous to that since nine mm. about nineteen eighty. Hmm. Different guises, but generally they've acted the same characters. Mm. Must have been for about twenty-five years. Yeah, um, I will say Richie is not that different from Drop Dead Fred. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, once Rick Mayo found his shtick, he stuck with it, and and it's worked for him. Apparently, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and then we find out. Quig style, it was all just a joke. Mm. A laugh. After, you know, they've already pawned the leg and lost the money. Mm. I should point out for our UK listeners that as I can't, as I can't remember his name off the top of my head, I'll look down here. Um, Harry the mm, the guy in the guy in the um, well, the, the pawnbroker was uh, played by Brian Croucher. Barty Crouch? What? Yeah. He was <laughs> the, <laughs> um, Brian Croucher is possibly famous in science fiction circles anyway, as the, the person who plays Travis in the second season of Blake 7. Hmm. Which is a reference I'm sure that's gone over Heath Ninja's head. I've heard of it. At least I have. I like Blake's one through six myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Blake this three, the search for Spock. This show is just not my cup of tea. 
milk in it, milk in the tea or not. Like I said, I mean, yeah, there. I mean, it's obvious they the the banter and the chemistry. It's it's obviously there. It's just we're we're not in on the joke, and I hate it because I I, I know people voted for this. They wanted us to enjoy it. It's just it doesn't translate particularly well. It doesn't. But I mean, it was a nice <coughs> opportunity of seeing stuff that we're not very used to. Mm. True. Expanding our horizons. Sort I mean... of like eating Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom, I kid, you're I awful, kid. <laughs> Bottom um, was an incredibly successful well, set for the comedy program. Actually, it ran for three seasons. Um, 1991, 1992, and 1995. It also ran for f- uh, five day shows and a film mm. uh, c- called uh, called Guest House Paradiso. Hmm. Oh yeah, something I noticed um, we haven't mentioned yet is: Did you notice that Paranoia made an appearance in this did episode? Not. No. Ah, uh, the uh, Lee Corns, I think his name is, who plays the landlord behind the bar, is the actor oh. who played Paranoia. The one who okay. orchestrated the whole joke, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then is he a uh, a regular then? He's in a few episodes. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, if there are not any more. Points. I guess we need to go ahead and break Planning a big job but don't have the manpower? Have an evil layer but not enough goons to staff it? Going up against a hero but don't have experienced toughs? Well, look no further than Harry Heist's Henchman for Hire. Henchman for Hire can provide you, the discerning supervillain, with the latest in high-quality and obedient lackeys. Want a gaggle of zombies? How about a horde of robots? Or would you like to fill out your ranks with some metahuman muscle? No order is too humongous or too microscopic. Call 1-800-555-HENCH and get your free consultation today. That's 1-800-555-HNCH. Our experienced minions are standing by to take your call. Harry Heist, Henchman Bahia. The best bet for the savvy supervillain. Hear this and more at Supervillain Corner. SupervillainCorner.podbean.com. So that's uh, that's right the episode. Um, hmm. Heath, Nan- Heath, and Angela. Can you go first? <laughs> well, you know, on this one, I'm going to be honest. If I stick a numerical rating on this, it's it's not going to be good. Um, okay. I I feel like though that um. Like I, I feel so detached from the series itself that you know I want to rate it purple. Um, okay, <laughs> we'll go the absurdist, absurdist route. I rate it, uh, you know, the purples. Um, okay, just because I feel like this is all. It's it's good stuff. We're just not the right audience for it, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, I wish I were more uh, um, familiar with. Yeah, <laughs> yes, more British. Why can't the British learn to? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I just, I so I, I would feel wrong sticking a rating on it because if I stick a rating on it, it's going to be from from a context that's really not fair to it. Um, so purple is my okay. Name. Well, I again say, um, intellectually, I give it on up there eight or nine because I okay. like I, I like Beckett. I like the connections to absurdist humor, and yeah, and even absurdist uh, humor certainly has an amount of violence and buffoonery that, you know, I can appreciate. It was just jarring to see that in a sitcom, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's my intellectual rating. Personal Mm -hmm. preference, um, I would give it much lower. Um... But again, you know, I'm not in the context, mm. and it's just sort of not my bag. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, I th- one, the, uh, <laughs> one of the points that, that I forgot to mention, actually, um, is actually it's directed by Ed By, the same person who directs Red Wolf. Yeah, I noticed that when we were looking up stuff. Ah, okay. It's like, oh, Ed By. Go him. Yeah. Who I believe was actually, uh, if I, um, like, he didn't direct um, the episode of Red Dwarf we just watched, did he? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't didn't mention that, actually. Even though saying that, though, if you watch the credits of the episode, of last week's episode, he was given credit. He was actually given credit for it. Yeah. That happens. You know, it's weird that sometimes you'll watch an episode of TV and there'll be people who'll show up in the credits, uh, especially actors, and they never showed up mm. in the in that particular episode. Mm. <laughs> or they did show up and this part was still the, uh, cut. Yeah. And they still got credit for it. Okay. And so Peter Rag was also ratings? the visual effects guy on both, wasn't he? Mm, certainly was, actually, yes, it was. So, what do y'all rate it? Uh, Ross, do you want to go? Well, I'll, I'll, because I like Bottom and I've seen all of them, and obviously my context is a bit different, I'll rate it 8 out of 10 carved wooden legs. Nice. Um, for me... Uh, this is not anywhere close to being my favourite episode at the bottom. Um, there's excellent episodes out there, like um, Hole, which is an episode for the from the third season, uh, which is basically like a 30-minute stage play. Mm-hmm. Um, I much prefer seeing the actors together as just two of them together, instead of bringing everybody uh, all the other characters in so I'm going so I'm only going to have to be able to give this only a five ooh yes as a five, five a five saucy bits of all right behind the bar <laughs> <laughs> oh so, are we on to quotes? You can do quotes if you want. I've got some. Let's see. Um, what outfit was you in? Well, the green patchy one most of the time. <laughs> uh, let's see. Have you ever read The Joy of Sex? No, I don't read things like that. Well, that's okay. We can just look at the pictures. <laughs> they're all lined up, ready to go, and they're off. Oh well, they're, they're nearly all off. They're still stuck in the stores. Is Sir Ken? Um, he's off now. Now he's gone in the completely wrong direction, rather slowly. And I must think it's very sporting of them to enter a three-legged blind horse here this <laughs> afternoon. He's hit a tree. He's hit a tree, and now he's down. Oh, well, back now to the leaders. Oh, no, no, no. Back with Sir Ken now. I'm afraid they've had to shoot him. Yet yeah, Sir Ken <laughs> has been shot. And so is a jockey. I demand to see a lawyer. Preferably a female nudie one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I go? Go, 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 go. Yes. Okay. My Uncle Percy was in the trenches in the First World War. Do you know what he used to say? What? Ah! Bloody hell! Germans! Thousands of them! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. So you're a veteran? No, I was not. What are you suggesting? I was in the thick of it. Someone else looks after the ponies. (laughs) Seven K... No. Seven P on said can, please. Seven P? Yes, that's what what all of Harry the... mm, Would give me for my house. (laughs) <laughs> well I've got one more cool. if only I had a huge wad either that or a huge pile of cash <laughs> uh. wow penis jokes mm. 
penis jokes. Yeah. Apparently always <laughs> hilarious. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, yes, we love public service. We're just on our way to get blood, aren't we? Oh, that's right. I get six quid a bottle, because you know mine is very rare. It's 90% proof. Hmm. Okay, so... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Well, guys, I'm sorry if we've been disappointing this episode. We... It's it was like trying to translate another language, uh, trying to to get the context of this humor for us. And I'm sure it's it's obviously a brilliant show. You can tell just by the the speed of the banter and whatnot, and that it's you know it, it's a, it's a craft that they've really put some time into perfecting. Um, it's just like trying to to understand a genre of music you've never heard before, and appreciate it from a from an outsider's perspective. So. <sighs> Would you watch it again? You know, maybe, maybe maybe checking out a couple of other episodes, trying to trying to understand it a little better would would help a lot. Yeah, um, I'm just not sure that this would be something I would put on that it wasn't like an intellectual ec- exercise. You know? Yeah, it was something that we would really have to try to enjoy instead of just enjoying. Mm. Yeah. Whereas Red Dwarf, you can pop in and yeah, with just a little bit of uh, information and context, it's like, okay, this is a sci-fi comedy, and they're in space, and Lister's a layabout, and Rimmer is, is a martinet. Okay, we can get this. Mm-hmm. This seems like it's it's types and, 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 and humor that are a little more foreign. Mm. I could forward you a few episodes if you want me to, Heath. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Okay, do that for... I'll do that, I'll do that as soon as we finish recording. Cool. Okay, so Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Which, even though we're recording on the 16th, I've already got my Christmas present. It's awesome. Heath got me the Dragon Zord and the Mega Zord and the Carrier Zord. Go, go, Power Rangers! Indeed. Have you got to play in it? Yes. Yes, we spent a while. We spent an hour forming the Ultra Zord, and it took a whole hour. <laughs> We're like, oh, we've got this bit. Where do we need to put this? Well, this is what the picture says, but we I can't make his legs do that. <laughs> uh, it was lovely. Yeah. Well, folks, you know, I said this on the, the last um, intro cast uh, episode, but I want to say it again. Um, thanks to our listeners out there. Uh, we really appreciate y'all taking time to check us out. Um, Red Dwarf, awesome show. We're really enjoying uh, uh, watching it bit by bit. And we will be getting back to that in a couple weeks. Uh, we're going to take a few weeks off for the holidays. Um, and, you know, getting school started and everything. Get yes. back into the old routine. And uh, we will come back with Season 4, Episode 5, very soon. Yes. Next year. Indeed. And hopefully the next special we do, it'll be something that uh, Angela and I can get (laughs) a little more. Because I I feel like we've been a bit disappointing in just this going way over our heads and not being able to say much about it. Uh, But still, you know what? We like trying new things, even if they don't always work out for us um uh let's see russ thank you for joining us until next time guys have a a merry merry christmas uh and to all a good night bye bye bye, everyone Bye. Bye -bye. bye i tell you boils and ghouls sometimes the holidays really get to me There's only so much good tidings and cheer a body can stand, especially if he's a dead body. Who ordered all this nauseating cheer? I've had Christmas up to here. I'm mad, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. So here's the little plot that I've got in store. 
Up on the roof with nails and saws I'll build a trap for Santa Claus And when he lands in that hokey sleigh I'll make this Christmas crud go away Ho, 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 you've got to know I've got a way to make it so Up on the housetop, quick, quick, quick Throw a big bag of our old Saint Nick Down from the rooftop, out in back Yuletide spirits droop When Chubbo's locked in the chicken coop Ho, 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 you've got to know Fatso's tied up head to toe This little plan will work because I'm going to kidnap Santa Claus All of your kiddies are out of luck This year's Christmas one dead duck Let all the little brats scream and shout Never letting Fatso out Ho, ho, ho Won't let him go Not for even tons of dough I can't dream of a scheme so nice When I go and put Fuzzy Face on ice Bye-bye <laughs> to sleigh bells that gave me grief Bye-bye to caroling, what a relief And best of all, that blasted cheer Won't be annoying me again next year Ho, ho, ho Get my hands on that rotten little Easter bunny. <laughs>